So, Mike, as we were talking, you grew up basically around real estate your whole life. Yes. You think that gives you an edge up? Yeah. I mean, Maria, I would say that it really gave me an advantage, which I recognize because I had a resource in that my dad was doing this, been doing this for 40 years. And he knows a lot. He's seen a lot. He has a lot of experience. And I really learned a lot of hands-on knowledge from him that you don't get from a textbook or from a class. Um, you know, you get day-to-day -day experience, which, you know, and also his connections uh, from being in the business some, for so long also helps. Absolutely. Your net worth is tied to your network. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Most of the time. So your father helped you along with learning the ropes? I was always around them. I would go to things with him. As I said, it would be, you know, take your kid to work day, but I would always be around them at work. So it was no different day for me. You know, it was open houses, listing I appointments, would appointments, uh, go look at properties with him, uh, go in the office, you know, play around at the time years ago on a typewriter when they used to you know, write contracts on a typewriter. Um, yeah, you know, and just kind of be acclimated to the people in the business and, and learn it, you know, from him firsthand. And you've been at the same spot for a long time, right? So we took over the company in 1986 and we joined Century 21 at that point. So we've been here for 37 years. Wow. And yeah. a, a great location right there on Pashyank Ave. Right on the heart of, uh, of East Pashyank Avenue, Restaurant Row. And uh, some of the best restaurants, shopping, and uh, services in, in the city. Absolutely. It really has grown the area over the last decade or so. It's always a nice area, but really it's very, I'd say, uh, a bustling avenue. Yeah. And, and the neighborhood that has grown around it is directly tied to the corridor of, of East Passionate Avenue. So the neighborhood really embraces our businesses here. And in addition to you know being an agent and owning the company with him, I'm the chair of the board of uh, the business improvement district here along East Pashunk Avenue. So oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that might that's awesome. It's a shame that South Street has been unable to uh, figure this out. And they have a bid just uh, much bigger than ours, and they've been working through trying to figure out how to navigate post-COVID, getting a resurgence of uh, businesses and people to South Street. East abroad, mm -hmm. for, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely been difficult for that part of the, the city over there yeah. for lots of reasons, right? There's a so lot of you know, real estate. And, and, you know, people wanting to make the you know, investment into opening businesses or expanding businesses and moving them here. You know, we have a lot of um, social issues, economic issues, and political problems, in my opinion, that kind of don't help jolt small businesses, you know, here in the city of Philadelphia, you know, the city doesn't make it easy to run a business here. Um, it's nearly impossible. And to be a small business, you have a lot of red tape you have to get around too. So. No, it definitely is not. It, they definitely don't make it easy. No, that's for sure. No. So tell me, you've now been in the business a decade, right out of Right out of college. And um, what are some of the lessons that you learned lately during uh, a little bit more of a challenging time than the last 10 years have been? Yeah, I mean, we saw a boom. It knew that boom was going to end eventually, right? It wasn't going to stay forever. 
we knew that you know three percent interest rates were not going to be the norm forever that they would go up eventually um but i you know my advice to agents and people in this industry is that again i guess going back to the theme here is staying diligent and continuing to network continuing to work referrals people that you've done business with uh family and friends you know that group of people really is how you make it through these times where not everybody's buying homes like it was but at the end of the day people still need houses regardless of the state of the economy regardless of where interest rates fall so if you continue to just chalk it up and and work work your network of people you know you're going to make it through just fine that's how i've done it i mean you know i i always joke i give my secret away but the, you know, the way I started in this business was I, I did a lot of rentals and, um, you know, we do a lot of rentals and property management and learning that to me taught me the, not only the relationship skills, but the paperwork, right? You know, yes, we, we talk about a sales contract is 14 pages, a lease is seven. Yeah, it's a much bigger decision, but you kind of learn the basis of, of the paperwork and you learn to meet people and eventually those tenants become buyers and those landlords become sellers or they become buyers. The people that you rent at places, maybe rent bigger places or you know, they eventually buy something and then they sell it. So you're ch- creating a chain network of, of clients, not only now in the present, but eventually in the future. And that's how I really believe, you know, most of this business is it's a, a referral word of mouth based business. And People are going to say, you know, I want to call Maria Quattrone because so-and-so told me to call her. I want to call Michael and Michael at Forrester Real Estate because so-and-so had a great relationship and did a great business with them. Um, it's really about kind of finding your niche and, and finding your place in the market. And as we see with the downturn, you're going to see a lot of people exit the business that maybe came in part-time and we're not really committed to this in the long haul. And there's going to be more market share for the people that stay in it. There's a lot of challenges up against the real estate industry right now, not only just rates, but as well as lots of other things that are going on, which I really don't want to get get, get too deep into here today since yeah. active lawsuits currently. Yeah. But there's you know, definitely challenge time. I think at the end of the day, you have to know what your worth is and believe yeah. in yourself. I, I always say, you know, if you go in, to a listing appointment, you go to, you know, meet a potential buyer for the first time and, you know, you know what your worth is. You know, if a seller wants to negotiate and, and beat you up on a commission or whatever, or doesn't want to take your recommendations, right? You know, if you walked in the Ferrari and tried to beat up the salesperson at Ferrari, I mean, it's kind of a cliche thing to say, but, you know, they're not going to really want to listen to you too much, right? They're going to say, okay, you know, if you're not interested in this car, then you can just leave. But, um, it's really knowing your value that you bring to a transaction. And, you know, as agents, um, we are showing our value. You know, when we market a property, when you do uh, analysis of what the property should be listed at and what it should sell for, and you, you buyers needs and wants in, a, in their first time home, right? That's where you're providing that value because you have that market insight. And besides just, the interest rate environment, we have a, a still a shortage of supply and there's still strong demand. And the other thing that I go back to, and there's only so much land that can be built on. 
So there's only going to be so many houses and um, people are always going to need to buy and sell real estate. So if you, you tough it out and yeah, you're, you're going to have good years. You're going to have years. You're going to have years where maybe you plateau, but during those years where you're slower or you're plateauing, that's the time to make adjustments and move and, and grow and learn and, you know, take some extra classes or, you know, maybe you teach a course, whatever it is, you, know, you read a couple new books. That's the time where you're positioning yourself for the future. When the, the time, when the market will spring back and it will spring back, um, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know when, but um, you know, now it's the time to position yourself and reposition yourself. What types of things are you working on? I'm working on uh, basically uh, right now, uh, kind of solidifying our brand and our image. As agents, not only do we have a brand of a company, right, or the brokerage that we're associated with, but we have our own individual brand. So one of the things that I'm working on for 2024 and beyond is positioning our brand here at Century 21 Forrester and selling, continuing to sell our value. And what's our story? What's our elevator pitch? Because we do have a story, but we don't, we don't have that institutional knowledge in the head on paper. So how do we put this all down on a piece of paper and kind of let it all out and see, you know, what is our brand? What is our strategy? What is our vision? What are our beliefs? And uh, that's a big project I'm working on now. And in addition, like I said, I still do a lot of rentals and property management. I'm continuing to hopefully grow that segment of our, our business and, you know, go into the new year optimistic about the future. We always have to be optimistic, even when we don't want to be, right? Sometimes you're just like, oh, I want to be optimistic. Yeah, but it's hard. And it's hard, you know, and especially if, you know, you haven't seen a downturn in this business. You know, when you start to see the first downturn, it really, you know, it, it's a wake-up call. It's a reality, but um, it wasn't going to be that way forever. You know, it wasn't going to be you know, record uh, sales and record buying and record low interest rates and, you know, record low supply with strong demand. It was just not feasible for that to last forever. So, of course, you know, we we're seeing it. What I believe is, you know, because I studied and when I was at Drexel, like I said, I studied finance and econ and theoretically, right, I've studied a lot of like the economy, how it works, the cycle of money. I'm, I'm a nerd when it comes to that stuff. I, I enjoy that. But, um, you know, usually when we say you're in a recession, you're usually in the recession right now, which I think is what we're seeing. We're feeling that pinch of a slowdown in the economy and you know, when we come out of it, we'll come out stronger. And again, when rates start to fall, which they will, um, things will bounce back to what I think will be a more normalized market. Because what we saw with COVID was not really normal. You know, before, pre-COVID was a normal market. You know, it was not a crazy busy inflated, you know, prices, and people walking, uh, people having lines for open houses, you know, bidding wars and, and all that stuff that went down during COVID. But um, that was not really normal, in my opinion. No, I mean, when, you know, the feds dropped, you had the rate that came down to 2.65. You know, how long can that last for? Yeah, it just it's not sustainable. 
So people didn't care how much they were paying over ask. It wasn't, you know, today it's a different story. You know, you have homes that are a lot less affordable at the current number. And about 85% of people have mortgages under 5%, 25% of those being under 3%. So you basically would be trading your house for a house that's less expensive and for more money. Yeah. And costing you long-term. So they don't, people aren't interested in that. Only people that are interested right now are first time buyers. And you have your baby boomers who don't really care because they don't really owe anything on their house. A lot of them. So they can afford to make that move. And the first time buyers, if you don't own a home, you know, Philadelphia is one of four cities where it's actually cheaper to buy than to rent only four, only one of four. So it is cheaper in the long run to buy if you don't own anything than it is to pay in rent right now. Rents have escalated dramatically as you're probably aware since you're in that marketplace. Yeah. And again, what I always kind of seen with Philadelphia is that we don't see those swings in either direction, meaning that, you know, in, in pre 08, uh, 07, 06, 05, 03, even when the market was really, really hot, uh, what you saw was in places like Florida and California and Texas, developing economies in the in the country, developing in the sense that they were growing, not that they were stagnant or behind the rest of the country. They were just growing at a lot faster pace. Um, you saw those swings of houses go up dramatically, but when they fall, they fall dramatically. Here in Philadelphia, we've always kind of been like a slow and steady wins the race long term. You know, prices kind of gradually increase. And then, you know, when the market slows, they'll come down a little bit. Um, And you've seen record investment. And just to hit on your point, too, Maria, is that we're still a very affordable city compared to major cities in the country. Uh, What your dollar could buy you here goes a lot farther than it does in New York. Boston, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, Miami, right? Houston, um, Chicago. Uh, we really have a, a good market, a strong market. And long term, if you hold on to your investment, you're going to see a return. Because, again, there's only so much land. There's only so many houses. Uh, house prices have always gone up. And uh, they'll continue to go up over they will, time. They, they will continue over time for sure. We also know, excuse me, that there's not enough inventory for that first time buyer. We're probably about four to five years short in inventory based on new household formations. So new people coming into, you know, owning a home, whether they're renting now or living with a parent or a relative, you know, coming together either on their own or with a partner to purchase a home, new household formation. They never owned a home before. Yeah. So we know that there's not enough inventory for those folks. So we know that that end of the market's going to continue to go up in pricing uh, for the most part, maybe some pockets, not so much depending, you know, location um, based, of course, but for them, for the most, most of those are going to continue to increase. And we have to figure out, you know, how do we answer this question of affordability, you know, and how do we answer the question of, and I don't have the answer today, but, um, and I probably never will have the answer, but, uh, you know, it is a, 
it's becoming more and more expensive to buy a home and you know how are we going to address that in the future well if if pricing for land and construction is so high you have to pay x whatever x is right unless those prices come down the prices of the house aren't going to come down yeah new new product yeah no yeah it's pretty and impossible for that to happen yeah you know the prices have went up so much with for new products i mean you're you're seeing her listed for a million dollars in east kensington sorry but who could have who would <laughs> yeah no really i mean yeah i i mean i look at it from our own experience here in south philly i mean years ago um when houses down here little row homes sold for 30 40 50 60 thousand dollars now they fetch four five six seven eight hundred thousand dollars it's you know kind of mind-boggling you know um but again things go up over time and real estate has always gone up and it will continue to go up there'll be periods where it goes down like i said i don't believe that in philadelphia our pricing will dramatically decrease because there's historical trends here where we don't see those dips and again i just remain optimistic about the future and i remain optimistic just about the city as a whole too because we have a strong city of neighborhoods we have a ton of great universities we have a ton of great hospitals and medicine you know when you look at a, a city and if they have the eds and meds is what they call it yeah uh, two big strong uh, factors in the economy which we have which will continue to also support a stable housing market here and labor market as well we certainly have had the eds and meds the the one thing that i've been trying to alleviate is the, the brain drain meaning peeving our great city and heading to other places yeah right so that's that's been a long issue for many many years here we have, well, we have a new sheriff mayor in town, so yeah. hopefully uh, she will do some good work. And you know, we have a lot of leadership roles changing, so that should be helpful to us who were born and raised here our whole yeah. life. Yeah, <laughs> seen a lot. You know, yeah, yeah. I think we're 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 heading in a direction. I believe much better than this time last year. Yeah. At least from that perspective. I don't know from the real estate perspective. It was a difficult fall last uh, last year this time. But, you know, we're still down in units year over year. Yeah. The market. So, you know, if you have a whole segment of the market, which is the move up buyer not purchasing, they're not selling their house. They're not buying a new house. It's a significant amount of sales that we don't have. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, who can, who can blame them? If you don't need to move, people aren't moving. No, no, they're staying put, especially if you have a, if you have a 3% rate where, why would you ever let that go? If you didn't absolutely have to leave. Right. So relocation is important business to get. Um, did a lot of several relocations this year, just from referrals from other brokers but moving for work and retirement. Yeah, I think you're going to see that, especially as prices in other cities continue to go up. Again, being that we're still very affordable, 
I'm also excited about the bioscience industry that's growing here in Philadelphia. Um, I went to Drexel, I'm a little biased, but the, the Schuylkill Yards project there and uh, you know all the great work that Drexel and Brandywine Realty Trust want to do to attract bioscience and to build that sector of the economy right here in Philadelphia is pretty exciting. Oh yeah, that's definitely, um, I'd say a testament to some really great development. Brandywine is an amazing organization and it's been in the works for some time. I know that it did downscale it uh, a little bit just because it's such a massive project. And I think it's like a 10 year project. They, they were talking about it when I was there, preliminary, like in the early planning phases. But yeah, it's, it's a long-term project. It's like building by building. They're going to kind of develop different sections of that part of the city over yeah. time. Pretty fascinating, building over a railroad. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of the renderings, and it looks it's going to be, when it's finally finished, it'll be really a cool, cool development. You know, and I think... You know, I always say this again, it's a little cliche, but when you look at the city, right, you kind of see the progression of the city, right? It started on the Delaware city, right? Independence Hall, and the city gradually moved westward. And I think you're going to continue to see that development happen westward as the Drexel and Penn continue to grow and expand and become kind of like the hubs of the economy here. Yeah, Center City will still be a prominent section, but I think it'll rival University City, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that with the uh, Google Yards project, it's really going to ma- mesh Center City and West Philly. Yeah. It's going to bring closer together because it kind of, it's a little removed that crossover that way. But as that the project develops, I think it's really going to close that gap that is there right now. And they have already done work like on the um, the pathway to get from Center City to 30th Street Station with better lighting and, you know, more pedestrian friendly. So you'll see more people just like when the South Street Bridge, when yeah. they did that project. I mean, now it's crazy. There are people, tons of people walking, biking. Yeah. It's not there. That did not happen before. So that has been an amazing connection between um, Southwest Center City and West Philly. And you have uh, the investment and the major development of 30th Street. That'll help with that. And I think what you'll also see is with those areas growing, places like where I'm at, Pashunk and South Philly, Graduate Hospital, Point Breeze, uh, the west side of Broad Street, right? All of those communities will continue to become desirable areas to live and work because you're close and accessible to those parts of the city, right? You're 25 minutes, even north of, north of Broad, right? Fairmount, Brewery Town, we've already seen development. Uh, that 20, 15, 20 minute, say, car ride or, you know, 15, 20, 25 minute subway ride or bus ride to those parts of the city will become important too and then it's also easily accessible to the train you're also easily accessible to the airport if you need to get down to um, philly international you know those those areas will continue to grow as as southwest center city and 
university city, city growth. So lots of good stuff happening, being optimistic, looking at the, the glass half full instead of half empty. Right? Absolutely, that's the way. We all, we all could use a little more optimism. Yeah, positivity. Absolutely. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for being on The Solution. We are excited to uh, talk with you more. We will see you in early January for our, our Agent Educational event. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Maria, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's Sorry, been a pleasure. I, I mean, went on some tangents, but. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> It was all Thanks. good stuff. We hit a lot of great topics. We did. Thanks again, Mike. Thank you, Maria.